Sartre, a Mistrobin, a Zarta. A day to Give me the power I beg of you. Awake! You are all going to die tonight. I'm drawing a line in the fucking sand here. Do not read the Latin. Read it. Hi, welcome to Don't Read the Latin. I am your host, Jennifer Lovely, and with me is... Bryce Hall. Oh, and tonight we are discussing... Uh, women in horror films. Women in horror films. Uh, primarily women directors, and also going to bring up some characters that are our absolute favorites. Um, and also just talk about horror films with women in them, or that seem to be targeted toward a female audience. Fantastic. And um, we are hitting, what I am going to say is, um, there were earlier episodes um, that some of these topics were covered, but there are a lot of them that I think are worth revisiting. Um, and also because conversations are happening with different people. Hi, kitty. Uh, <laughs> um, sorry, we have, and, and Maggie. Maggie is here for, hi. She just wants her ears scratched. And to headbutt us. She's she's very into um, showing her affection with um, her face. <laughs> um, so yeah, so there are going to be, going forward, um, some repetitions of some of the earlier uh, podcast episodes, but I think they're going to lead to entirely different conversations, um, which I think is worth doing. So on to uh, what have you seen recently? Recently, I haven't seen too... I haven't been watching too many movies. Um, I watched a movie called Hunting Ground today. Okay. Uh, it's an Australian slasher film. It was really hard to watch. I uh, didn't really There's, like it. Yeah. There's a lot of You know, it's campers, campers being chased through the woods by maniacs. And I've heard a lot of things, good things about it for Fantastic Fest, but it just wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, I've never really... I don't know if we've ever quite had this conversation. I know I've brought it up with other people. How committed to a movie are you once you've started them? It, I'm pretty committed. <laughs> but there are movies where I will just say, I have had enough yeah. of this. Life, life's too short. That, that's, exactly. That's kind of what I throw in there now is, is life's too short for, yeah. for bad media. So, besides that, um, I've been watching a couple TV series. I'm watching something. I, I watched Stranger Things 2, which oh, I loved. As, oh, I didn't even put that on my list. Because I've been using Letterboxd, which uh -huh. only does movies. So, a lot yeah. of the... Um, yeah, I know. Now I'm like, I don't watch hardly anything. And it's because I'm not putting in the series that I'm right. watching. So, we watched all of uh, Stranger Things, which I really enjoyed. I enjoyed as much as I enjoyed the first season. I did, too. A lot of people have been complaining about it. And... There's a couple things you that are annoying about it. I'm willing to admit that. It's not like the great be-all, end-all of perfect mm -hmm. horror film. But I found it really enjoyable. It was a great callback to all of the crappy horror novels and movies mm -hmm. I used to watch when I was growing up. And what I really loved is <laughs> the rebirth of, uh, of Steve. Where in, yeah. in the, in the very first Steve's season, story arc. I, I needed know. him so in the much first in that one. first episode. And, and, when he shows oh up. my gosh, what is it? Oh, what is her name? The the girlfriend, Nancy. 
where, uh-huh. you know, the joke is in, like, the very first season, you know, Steve didn't deserve Nancy, uh-huh. and now in this season, Nancy doesn't deserve Steve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and I saw this great, um, th- there's a wealth on Tumblr of, oh, yeah. of, of why Steve is is this, this what is it, the, as the kids say it, this precious cinnamon bun to, to, oh, to precious for this. Precious, precious, cin- precious cinnamon thumb too good for this world. Um, they, but they, they had the one gif of like the road edged with children and the, the mama duck and the baby ducks trailing after. And they're like, and here is a, a visual representation of Steve leading the children. Yes. And it was just perfection. Yeah, yeah I really liked that. Um, I I really love... With the with the curly hair and the and the yeah. missing teeth, Dustin. Dustin is I my favorite. Dustin. I love Dustin so much. There's and at a the end when he showed Dustin. up with his hair, it was just so adorable. I, I know. know. I know. When we talk about what kid we were, as, what kid as we kids, identify we were, with, we all identify Dustin. with Dustin. <laughs> at least in this group, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he finds a weird baby mutant animal and brings it home. But it he trusts loves it. it. I know. I know. I really. Oh. I. I really like that kid. I really need to watch it again. And there's just some, there's a couple of little call-outs that I've seen really recently um, that I, I don't want to yeah. spoil anything for people, but I just, I, I it makes me want to watch it again and uh, spot some more stuff. Yeah, I've really been enjoying um, Mindhunter. Everyone says it gets better after the first few episodes, but I've only seen the first few episodes and I really like them. And I them, started it you and know? I don't, I think I was expecting something totally different. I've been watching so much nonfiction, yeah, serial uh, killer stuff that I guess I wasn't prepared for the storyline. See, and... I feel like I know the storyline. Oh I've, yeah, I have the book Mindhunter. I've read it several oh, times. Okay, I've read the textbooks that John Douglas has written, and I've met John Douglas on a couple of occasions. So I feel like, You're oh like, yeah, I remember him mentioning this. I'm going to have to give it another shot. And I liked it. I like, I'm not, but like I said, I'm not very far in. They're still calling them sequence murderers. No, yeah. But I'm really enjoying it so far. It's a period of time that I like seeing represented. So, you know, I love that, that dirty seventies. Yeah. Have have you seen American Vandal? I have not. American Vandal, I didn't know was a parody. Oh. But it's it's a parody of a true crime show, except that the true crime is that somebody painted a bunch of dicks on cars in the, in the faculty parking lot. I know what you're talking yeah. about now. <laughs> and it's actually really fun. Um, the guy that is the main suspect, because he draws dicks on everything, <laughs> the, I, the actor playing him is doing such a job, good job of being an annoying meathead that I just adore him. <laughs> I, I remember um, speaking of weird things that float across Tumblr, but it was it was some teacher being angry as she like turned on the overhead projector and there was like a dick drawn on it and she's like why why do you draw dicks on everything like why is that a male thing to do to draw yeah. dicks why do you have to draw a penis on everything because it's how they mark women, their territory yes because women don't go around drawing drawing vulvas on everything <laughs> well they didn't used to i'm but starting now, now they're gonna <laughs> <laughs> i swear to god one of the i i love there is there's a video out there of a, of a beautiful scottish punk woman 
who is listed. Oh, I've seen her. Yes. Where just run, just Go says runs all through of the all obscene, the different yeah. words for a woman. That is pretty junk. And, and actually, it's... Um, yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> one of my favorite seasons of American Horror Story is Asylum. And the, like, really creepy doctor um, where he hires a prostitute and where he tell he's like lay back and show me your mossy bank and i just yes it's it's i was both horrified and i was like i kind of like that yeah analogy i don't yeah. know why it just worked for me yeah. but it just did <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah also watched um stranger things uh the one thing that i was really pleased that i finally did which is only tangentially uh, in the horror genre, is I finally got my daughter to watch uh, Adam's Family 1 and Adam's Family 2, Adam's Family Values. <laughs> so, well, you know. did she like them? She did. But here's, here's, and I think I discussed this at least online with I you. I think we talked about yes. it on the last podcast a bit. Oh, did we? I already, okay. Uh, well, I know oh, I've damn talked, it. To, we may have talked about it at dinner. Okay. Or at the last movie night. All it right. may not have been on the I podcast. I might have, if, if I'm recovering this on the podcast, I apologize. Um, Tekla, two years ago, I got the entire original series on disc, and I put one episode on for Tekla, and she fell head over heels in love with the series. And and she loved the original series, and then I tried to show her the first movie, and she was pretty in on it until they had the Shakespeare scene, where they had the spurting blood everywhere, and that is not Tekla's bag, and she said this movie was too scary, and she would watch it later. Okay, so the, um, now it's been a couple years. Well, I did the thing I've done multiple times where it's a movie that I want to share with her. I don't share it with her. I put it on, and when she complains that we're watching something she doesn't want to watch, I say, I didn't put this on for you. I put this on because I'm watching it. You can either stay in here or go do something else. And then she'll slowly start drifting into the room, and then mm-hmm. suddenly she's watched the entire movie it is how i uh, introduced her to labyrinth um and a, a couple of other movies where yeah. she's like i don't i don't think i like this movie and i'm like well it's not here for you and so <laughs> she watched the first one and the second one and she really liked both of them and i think um i think honestly because so much is around the children in the second one i think yeah. she actually liked the second like one a lot more or, mm-hmm. yeah and i also really really twisted jim's arm because i have wanted to do uh, a Debbie Jelinski uh, Halloween costume for years. Well, I've actually wanted to even put it together as like um, a uh, cosplay costume. Well, I'm going to make that. Jim's got the. I know, Jimmy Fester. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yep. He was like, okay. And I was like, yes. Hey. So now I need to find a way to make that um, work. Um, I'm trying to remember. I've been watching, again, I've been watching a lot of TV. Oh, and a thing that I know that you will like, I've started watching Feud. I had to think of the name for a minute. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. In my brain, I'm like, whatever happened to Baby Jane? I'm like, oh, no. Feud. Beautiful. I am, really I am like, good. It's so much more respectful than I thought it would be. And it's, it's better than anything I would have thought would have come from yeah. what's his name who did the American Horror Stories. And yeah, it really is. Him. It's, I expected it to be high camp, and he, over the he top. touches on it. It has a little of it, but it's not. It, it shows them as hu- as actual human beings and mm-hmm. women, 
And I appreciated that so much. And Susan Sarandon is so wonderful. Well, everybody, I am, I am pleased um, when, um, oh my goodness, the Welsh woman, I can't remember her name. God, why can't I remember anybody's name? I can't remember names tonight. Um, and Kathy Bates um, showing up as Joan Blundell. Oh. Perfect. Yes. Oh my God. That was just absolutely, um, oh yeah. God, her name almost popped into my head. Um, I know who you mean too. I can't think of her name. I know who she's married to. I yep. know that she was in Chicago. Yes. All those things. I'm, I'm looking it up because I'm an idiot. Um, and then, you know, it's like any time that Stanley Tucci shows up anywhere. And ah. I, I just, I, I have such a crush on him and it's not because he's my type. It's because I love all of these things. Like I love good night. Yeah. And one of my favorite comedies of all time is the imposters. Have you ever seen that? I did not like it, but oh. I will rewatch it because oh. I, and I also, remember it and just I do. being all slapstick and I hated it, it. And it was, it is a but little you know, slap, slapsticky, but it reminds me a lot of the old 1940s screwball comedy. Exactly. And I'm really, Really willing to revisit that because a lot of people I know really like it. Catherine Zeta Jones. Catherine Zeta Jones. But yes, you were saying, I'm sorry. Yes. I just got excited. I'm willing to revisit The Imposters because it may be that when I watched it, I was young and foolish. (laughs) I'm sure that was what it was. (laughs) It's just, it's the comic style that I like. And it's it's also the reason why I really love um, Oscar. Sylvester Stallone's Oscar. Oh, I love that movie. Oh, so do I. I do and, too. And it's just it's it's so good and it's it, so charming and it is what it is. Exactly. It's, and yeah. it doesn't really try, but uh, and also Tim Curry as the the, the linguist. And yeah. It's just oh, <laughs> with rounded diphthongs. Yes. <laughs> um, and Judy Davis in Feud is just absolutely fantastic as as Hedda Hopper. And oh, yes. oh, I just oh, I oh, those oh, hats. I know the hats. Like, oh. Did they just borrow those hats from her? Because <laughs> those are so perfect. Oh, and I'm trying to think of if oh, I um, I made a I I've been really missing. I I've been missing watching horror movies. Uh, and there's a lot of shit out there that right now, right? Um, that I'm probably going to end up watching because I want to be able to judge I, you know yeah i'm kind not, of taking a little horror movie break right now i because, have been because there's nothing i really desperately want well, to see we've had that and at work last month we had oh, horror, horror movies all day every day yeah so it was eight hours of straight horror films and then going home and then watching a horror film yeah oh, and i had to doing take them yeah yeah doing the and challenge. i'll have a little break i need a little break so <sighs> i'm i just I, have been watching some horror films, but I don't remember what they were because none of them were very good. Yeah, and that's the boat I was in. I watched one that came out in the last couple of years called Demonic, and it, it's one of those movies where its only selling point was like from the producers of something else, which is literally the thing that they throw out. If I they, know. If they cannot oh. say anything oh, else Oh, you know what they it? really like to do? They like to say the new film from the director of Amityville Horror or the director of <laughs> The Fog, and what they mean is the crappy remake Make of The Fog. Them. Yeah. I'm like, director of The Fog, John Carpenter's got it? Oh, you <laughs> oh, lying jerks. Yeah, pretty much. So uncool. So, um, the thing that, uh, and and starting to go into the topic um, of, of, and I kind of concentrated on women directors, okay. um, is 
what made me really sad is there's there's this you're, you're seeing more women directors and then I also come around across a bunch of uh, women directors who've only done um, shorts right um, I ran because, into a lot of that yeah there's and, that and, and there's some of them I'm still gonna bring up because a lot of times it's a gateway to doing an actual full-length feature. Right, and isn't there, there's a film out called XX that's yeah. all short films by women. Yes, short and they've films. been talking about it for a couple of years. I have not years. seen it yet. I have not heard good things about it, uh-huh. um, which is, is disappointing. But it, what's really hard is it's so hard to get the chance to make a movie as a woman. And, and that was one of the things that I, I found really frustrating is I run across this huge list of women and I'm like, I love this one movie, and it's either the one movie that they've directed or only the one yes. horror movie that they've I know, directed. I, you don't run into the Les Cravens, the John Carpenters, right. or, or even any other pile of nameless right. even men. Even when I was going through my list here, I was making lists one of women that movie. have directed horror films, and I'll be like, oh, what else have they directed? Yeah. Oh, a bunch of TV episodes. Yeah. It, a if, lot of, if they're lucky. Yeah. You know, and... It's just, it's really hard because it's so hard for them to get the opportunity to get behind the camera. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if it's not an instant success, how do they leverage that into making another film? Exactly. So. But I think, but then again, some of my favorite horror movies are directed by women. Yeah. Um, there's a movie called, have you seen Ravenous? Yes. It's yes. my favorite vampire movie that doesn't have a vampire in it. <laughs> I love that movie so much. And that's directed by Antonia Byrne. Yeah. And so, of course, like on the IMDb, I'm like, what else has she done? Mm. Not much. TV. Not, not much. TV. Um, Near Dark by Catherine Bigelow. I need to find my pen because I have a list. All right. I stole your pen. Okay. It's like, it's like uh, Near Dark, another one of my favorite movies of yeah. all time. Catherine Bigelow. Absolutely. Um, the one that I'm going to bring up, which was my number one film from last year, was The Invitation. Um, oh, which is that directed also, by a woman? That is. It's directed by Karen Kasama, who also directed Jennifer's Body. And then also there was a, a boxing movie that she had done that had gotten, I think, Oscar nods, if I'm oh, yeah. not mistaken. But um, you need my pen now. I will share <laughs> the pen. <laughs> I did not know that was the same director. Yeah, Karen Kasama. Because I have and, her on my list with Jennifer's Body. Yeah. Yeah. And the three movies that um, she's probably the best known for are just, you'd never imagine they were directed by the same woman. Uh-huh. Um, they're very, very different. And uh, But The Invitation just, it's still... It's creepy. It is. Because I think... And it's so tense. The reason that it works so well, for me in particular, is because I have social anxiety. And I've been at parties where... After a while, I've begun to think maybe everyone here is against me. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just, I don't know any of these people really well. Maybe I'm the outsider and I've been invited because for ulterior reasons. Maybe whether this they're is going to be a murder party. Me. <laughs> maybe it's a murder party. I don't know. But yeah, I've, I've been in that position where, why did I get invited to this party? You know, and, and we're in, the, in an ebb, and I think there's so much of the ebb and flow of a party where everyone seems... Where everything seemed happy and, uh-huh. and jovial, and and the conversation is flowing, and the drinks are flowing, and everybody seems pretty happy. And then there's that then one it, thing that's said, and, and it, then it takes a turn. It does. And I've been to parties where that happens. Oh God, yeah. And <laughs> it just 
it's I was so impressed that it kept me so on my toes the entire movie. Uh-huh. And then I just absolutely to me the the final moment of the film was just that it just yeah, that's where where, moment where, of where the you film realize the, the abject horror of when everything. you realize what yeah, when you yeah. realize what's happening. The the vastness. I think that I, I think yeah. yes. That, that made the film. That oh, was it like, was just that was just the final thing. Because I was like, I was okay, like, okay, okay. Oh. Oh. Yeah. God damn it. Oh, that was just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh one that I am going to mention that isn't isn't the director, but I am going to bring it up because this movie impacted me so greatly. Is Alice Lowe was the writer for Sightseers, and she basically has has partnered with her husband, um, and 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 believe he's the one who directed the movie, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and they've bun- done a, a bunch of movies. Sightseers. When I originally saw the movie, I hated it. Um, it just it angered me, and then it stayed with me. And now that's about the people that are on vacation, but they're serial killers. Sort of, or they murder. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's. I have. (laughs) I've called it um, the world's goriest coming of age movie. Okay. Because um, she's just a bit of a sad sack who's pretty much been, I think, kind of downtrodden by life and a bit browbeaten by her mother, if I remember Mm -hmm. properly. Um, and this man becomes interested in her and they decide to go off on like a camper adventure. He comes up with his little camper and right. they, they go off sightseeing and things go wrong and someone's murdered and then more people are murdered. <laughs> and it's just like the first one was kind of like, oh, I didn't really mean for that to happen. But then as more and more happen, then that... And then it just keeps going. It's coincidental than yeah, I thought. Yeah, yeah, So, and then it's just... Okay. <sighs> and it's another one of those where at that last minute, like the very first <laughs> the very first time I saw it, I, I hated the ending. And then I suddenly kind of became okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just, I just mention it because... Having such an active part in the creation of the story and the script, I can't fathom that she didn't at least have a part right. in, in the direction, too. Um, of lesser known, I'm going to bring up uh, Zan Cassavetes uh, directing Kiss of the Damned, which is um, a recent fun uh, vampire. Um, but it's a really slow burn. Um, oh, wait, I remember the poster yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah, and it had uh, oh, a beautiful my, poster. It, it, it's a beautifully filmed movie. It's it's very, it's kind of lush in that kind of 1970s sort of I have been meaning movie. to watch it. Um, there is, it has Milo Ventramilia mm-hmm. um, from Heroes in it, um, and re- more recently of uh, This Is Us, and uh, there is a scene where they are making out through a doorway where they've got the chain uh, and, oh, the and they just, up. yeah, and you would imagine that being clunky, and it's just not. All and, right. um, there's also, she has, like, a sister who shows up where things get messy with their relationship, um, and so there's, like, you know, a little bit of it's where it's kind of stereotypically family infighting between women, but 
It's right. just, it's done. I, I really enjoyed it, and I thought it was a lot of fun. It's definitely not breaking any like real. It's like a 70s aesthetic. It does. It really does. Is it as 70s aesthetic as The Love Witch? Which I have not seen, cause, and that was what I was going to bring up, is there's some that, um, I, I think when I did the first one, there's a lot of directors where I, 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 I tried to mention everyone, and I realized... Oh. I'm not, you know, there's there's yeah. faculty of horror out there where they do right. a very academic um, approach to, um, and I just kind of try and concentrate on the stuff that I've seen that I like, uh-huh. and The Love Witch was just not anything that appealed to me, which I know is also a woman director. Anna Biller. Um, there were a lot of things I liked about The Love Witch. There were a lot of things that I hated. Can you elaborate? I love the aesthetic of that film. When they go into the, when the woman moves into the witch's apartment, it is so incredibly colorful and bright, and yet still manages to appear gothic yeah. and witchy. And I really like that because I think that the temptation, especially usually in a film like that or in any horror film, is to go dark with it. Mm-hmm. And I liked how colorful and bright everything was in it. Uh, things I didn't like, I didn't really care for the story that much. Um, I thought I thought the acting was stylized in a weird way. Yeah, that that almost yeah, uh, that was kind of a complaint that I'd heard about it where they they go so far in the time period that they get lost in the things that made it work less well. Right, and also and that it's sort not of thing. set in the time period because there's lots of cars in the background that are modern cars and stuff. So it's set is it, in the is modern it kind era, of... but it, but it <laughs> which looks sometimes I appreciate. I, I love to call it the horror time that isn't. Yeah, it's beautifully. It is a beautiful movie. <laughs> I just don't. There's parts in it that I really do not like. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Anna Biller. Um, and then. You really can't talk about women directors without talking about Jennifer Kent, who did The Babadook. Which yes, I, I have still, I still adore. And um, is it, uh, yeah, Essie Davis, who, who acted in that. And it's so funny because I've, I've since watched um, the Miss Fisher murder. Right, they're Miss Fisher murders. murders. I haven't yeah. watched them. But... They're, it's very charming. That's it, why I haven't watched them. Everyone tells me how great they are. I can't, I can't take it. <laughs> Too much. It's too it's much. Too it's much. too much. It was. I loved it because the, the dress is beautiful, and she's vampy and saucy and well sexed yeah. and good on her. And <laughs> and it skirts the romance, the entirety of the series, and in just a pleasing enough way. Oh, that, good. That I I really because they really avoid it through. Well, they play with it and and. And don't go all the way, <laughs> right? For most of this, for the entire well, series, basically, and uh, which really just made it a lot of fun. Um, and also the uh, the very first season of this is hello to my my horror movie podcast, but uh, the very first season has a really, uh, really, really amazingly dark um, family murder. That kind of rides the arc of the first season. Okay, I am going to watch it. I just haven't because everyone told me it's great. Yeah, and you're like, I'm contrary mm-hmm. that way. I did not watch Twin Peaks until I haven't Probably. watched the new Twin Peaks. I, I watched the old one and it was okay. And I, I get. I really... liked the first season. The second season utterly lost me, and I, and I don't like Lynch that much. I don't like Lynch that much either. I've met him. He's a very nice man. But I do not, 
his movies are they don't feel like they're for me. They don't feel yeah. And to I mean, I'm they glad don't they're for complete. someone else. Yeah. They don't feel like he had an ending when he went in. That was my special problem, especially with Twin Peaks. Was let's throw some. It, it, it's the same problem I kind of have with American Horror Story. Is let's throw everything at the wall. And uh, oh, that's not all working. The crazy we'll stuff we can more. think of in. Oh, and wait, is it not working? Explaining we'll one thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like make up for Twin plot Peaks. holes with just lots of plots in everywhere. Yeah, that's what I felt Twin Peaks did. Um, and I didn't had no interest in seeing the new Twin Peaks because the me old either. one. Well, there, interesting. There's no, there's no nostalgia for me of wanting yeah. to go back to that place. No. But I am pleased as punch it exists for people who I am too. That you know, because there's there's stuff out there for all of us. Exactly, and and they get to have their it's, revisiting of yeah. Of it's like when someone comes into the store where I work and rents the thing and says, "I've never seen this. Is it any good?" It makes me so happy. I'm like, "Oh you my god, you are going to see the thing for the first time. Yeah. You are so lucky." <laughs> I don't know if you. And ever... it took me a while to come around to that. First, I, I yeah. used to be the kind of person like, you like, haven't seen this. You haven't yet? seen the thing. What's wrong with you? But you now you get to see this for the I, first time. Yeah, now I'm super excited. How awesome people is that to get for you? That. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if I've ever shared the story with you. It's gotten shared on the podcast a couple of times, but one of my first introductions to horror was um, going to a second grade um, uh, slumber party uh, and having the parents throw in the thing on Laserdisc for a bunch of eight-year-olds. <laughs> and I'm, I'm so almost entirely... before you were 14? <laughs> See, the thing is, that didn't have this... In, the horror movies never had that impact on me. Oh, they didn't. Um, I was bad. No. I saw a commercial for The Exorcist once and I couldn't sleep for a week. Nope. When nope. I was little. Not me. And uh, I know that that movie in no way, shape, or form had the impact on anyone else that it had on me that <laughs> night because literally little little Jen, little Jenny Matson uh, had a horror love that that started up that night in you know <laughs> yeah I understand that <coughs> see I was raised around horror films. Like when See, I was, no one I know liked when that. I was six months old, my well, my brother loved horror movies, and when I was apparently six months old, they I was in a production of Dracula as the baby that is being yeah. eaten by that, Lucy. That does not surprise <laughs> me in any way. And we had like a coffin. We had a coffin that my oh, mom yeah. that my mom would put me in instead of a playpen when I was a Why kid. Not? It wasn't used. It was. <laughs> It was fresh. It was a prop coffin, but <laughs> nonetheless. <laughs> and um, so I grew up around horror, but there was a point where, when I was a kid, probably from the time I was like 8 to 12, when even like a picture of a skeleton, yeah, would I, I would be terrified for weeks. Mm-hmm. I got over it. You <laughs> <laughs> got better. I got better. <laughs> Um, I don't know if I started... Yes, I, th- I think we covered this, that a bunch of the um, directors we were only seeing in uh, short form, or in anthologies where they did right. an episode. Uh, ABCs of Death. Yeah. ABCs um, of Death Part 1 is not good. Part 2 is amazing. Okay. I've never watched them because the idea of watching 26 short films, short films doesn't appeal to me in any way. And also the the, the, the the waiting through the ones that aren't good, even if they're short, 
See, it just sounds yeah. terrible to me. I enjoyed it. The thing that I liked about it is even the films I don't you're like. Committed. No, because you're committed. Even the films I don't like, <laughs> even the terrible ones, are only going to be like five minutes long, five or ten minutes. I can get through that. And ABCs of horror, they don't tell you what the letter is for, oh, okay. so you have to figure it out by watching the film. It'll just say yeah. A, and then you'll watch it, and you're like, "Is it arachnophobia? Is it androids? What is this? What is it?" And then at the end of the film, they show you. And so that kind of made it more fun for me. Oh, you're, it was kind you're of a like, guessing game. Oh. Yeah, the one that I was going to mention was um, Roxanne Benjamin. Uh, she did a part in Southbound, which is... She she did a, an episode in Southbound, one in XX, and then in one VHS 2. I may have seen VHS 2. Um, Southbound is fucking amazing. Um... I is it a is it a it's a more recent anthology, um and I'm I'm gonna show it. It's one of those one movies that I've been talking about showing for the longest time, and it is one of the very few anthologies where um, I love everything. And really, I really um I enjoyed every piece of the anthology, and I enjoyed the whole wraparound story. Um, and there were portions that um. Yeah, handsome boyfriend Jim just walked in. You when you watched Southbound, there were just little things that you felt you wanted more of or done more done differently. There was one one of them where I didn't feel that there was a good morality to it. Uh-huh. And by by which I don't mean that it had Wrong morality. It you just and your lacked. morality. <laughs> These things. It, the the, it the things really in this feels... movie did have morality. It right. Did present, it and almost... this one didn't? Okay. Really. So uh, we'll see. We'll see I when I show it. Judge of that. Exactly. <laughs> the thing I loved about it is it seemed this other world limbo where the whole thing is southbound. It's the southbound highway. Yeah. And <laughs> it's like. If you, if you made a choice, you ended up there, and you didn't. Right. You didn't end up in this place by making a good choice. Mm-hmm. So there was there was a limbo sense to it. Okay, oh, that's the, what that's was what it was. One? That's what it was. It was it, it was, was the, a, it was it was not so much the morality as as it was that there is one of them in there where the person doesn't get. Doesn't make bad choices, mm-hmm. but still ends up. There. But still ends up yeah. fucked. And <laughs> I hate. I I, yeah, I don't I like that. movies where, especially in horror movies, where there's unless it's the the point of the movie that's right. like, you know, No Country for Old Men or something right. like that, where it's no good ever, deed like, goes unpunished. Oh man! But this I've one, never seen that. that movie. It's really good. I've heard. Um, another short film, um, or short. And another anthology where someone did a, a short in the anthology was Axel, um, God, I hope I didn't write that down wrong. Axel Carolyn, I think is her name. God, I could be absolutely wrong. What film is uh, it? It's Tales of Halloween, which was an anthology film. Oh, yeah. I, I don't watch anthology films very often. I don't um, like that many. And Southbound and Tales of Halloween are one of the very few. Like, I don't even, you know, it's going to be seen as blasphemy, but, um, I don't enjoy the entirety of a creep show. I think that there's one or two of I, them that are a lot of fun, but towards the end of it, I'm just 
really kind of biting my time. I haven't seen Creep Show for so long, I barely remember it. Yeah. I know, I know it's very beloved. I know Michael Montour, you absolutely adore it. Um, but <laughs> I... Have you watched um, American Mary? I have, and I appreciated it, but did not like it. Um, okay. I am, I am kind of, um, I don't know what to think of the Soska sisters. I have the same feeling. Uh, and... <laughs> There's some... That, I, I enjoyed it up to the about them, but I don't know they, what it is. You know what? They have an approach to horror that, and I don't know if it's going to make sense to anyone but me. Uh, they have a very masculine approach to horror that um, yeah. is very tits and ass. It is, and I mean, they and, direct Dead Hooker in a trunk. Trunk, um, and it is a very irreverent. And, and I think if they were men, no one would question, like, the approaches or stylistic choices or anything. Right. I think they might be judged harsher if they were men. I don't think, I think they'd just be out there making horror movies and nobody would be talking. They'd just be like, oh, they're, they're, uh, you know. So I think, I think that's part of, and I think that's why they work with a lot of people who, who love the, like, what's the, your favorite kill horror? Yeah. I agree. Um, um, and and I thought that there was a lot behind American Mary. Yeah, I did too. I liked the idea that she was the, a woman who was educated. I It's another one of those things where we talk about shitty tropes, though. Uh-huh. Of, like, her, her, her breaking point had to be her getting raped. Uh, yeah. Spoilers for American Mary. Um... I agree. And that it seemed to be like we're going to have her it, it was just the way that everything had to punish her after this horrible thing happened to her. Right. I felt like and because then the, she and, was wasn't she a stripper making her way through medical school? I don't remember. I think she was. She was a stripper working her way through medical school and somebody got shot in the club because it was run by the mob. And she became the mob doctor because she was working right through medical school. Yes. And then it kind of goes from there. Like, the only one, the only person I really liked was the bouncer. Oh, yeah, I like that guy. The guy who was talking about the, like, going after the people that had, like, uh, beaten up his his mom or something. Uh, He was, like, the only character that I really, like, appreciated him. And the ending seemed utterly undeserved and horrible. Um, and I also like the woman who played the Betty Boop character. Yeah, she was messed up. Yes. That was a messed she, up character. She was messed up, and also, I mean, a lot of the characters who were getting the, the body modifications, the, yeah. the the Barbie doll girl, um, you know, oh, yeah. yeah, who wanted to, who wanted to remove the parts of her that made her feel unsafe. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a lot of, I don't know. I mean, it was deeper than I would have otherwise imagined the Soska sisters going because there was a lot of talk about how do you deal with trauma and what makes you happy and, and what are you going to yeah. wish for. And Yeah, and I like that about it. I like that they tried to they tried to address those issues in the context of a horror film, which I thought was really interesting. interesting. Um, I just but it's not like a film that itself. I want to. Yeah, it's not yeah. a film I will watch again. Yeah, and it's a film I was that was interesting, 
but not for me. Yeah. Yep. Same here. Um. So yeah, I am. I am at a loss with the Soska sisters though because they seem so anti. Um, but you know, there's. I mean, there's. I, I've heard a lot of interviews with a lot of women who are in horror that they don't want to have discussions about women in horror. They don't want to have panels at conventions that talk about because they, that <laughs> makes them stand out. out and they want like, it. They, they want to, Yeah. Yeah. They want to be Directors. accepted, not separated. Exactly. Versus, but sure. but the, the the bottom line is they aren't getting the opportunities to make the movies. Yeah. Because a lot, but yeah, and but I mean, and then also you look around and you're like, are men getting those opportunities to make horror unless they're making them themselves on their own dime, you know, or you know, I don't know. So it's just like the budget, it's like either, either you know, budgets are massive and they're the MCU, or right, (laughs) the budgets are minuscule and you know, you hope that Bloomhouse or somebody else will pick you up, but you pretty much got to start the project yourself regardless of whether you're a man or a woman Uh, the movie industry is becoming an interesting thing yeah the Marvel Cinematic Universe is destroying things yeah it's a lot of fun oh speaking of things that I've seen I went to see Thor Ragnarok I haven't seen it yet I might go tomorrow it's amazingly speaking of (laughs) when when Raya showed up tonight um uh, there were two cats and a me and a child top piled on top of me. We were watching Teen Titans Go, and there is an episode. Have you seen the whole series? Nope, I've only seen like three episodes. Okay, there is an episode where the the cyborg man, and this is how much of it I've seen because I kind of turned I think out his while name is, I think his name is Cyborg. Cyborg, um, but he has his favorite song, which is it's it's an eighties. Synthy song that actually only came out a couple of years ago, but it, okay, it sounds, but it sounds like, like an 80s song. It sounds like that 80s song that you don't remember from the right. 80s. And they have these imageries of him like riding a unicorn with like the, <laughs> the, the posters that you saw in the 80s of like yeah, yeah. things being awesome with wings and right. things. And Thor was. And I can't remember if, if Jim were here, he'd be able to tell you the name of, of, the of that specific episode. Yes. And well, of specific that because it's his favorite episode because it, and every once in a while he will just tell, um, the, our, our Alexa, and I'm going to pause. Yes, because she's lit up now. To, to play that song just randomly when he needs a moment where he's got to be awesome. But Thor Ragnarok is literally that awesome yeah like the synth <laughs> oh i know taiko watiti is one of my favorite directors and and he I, did you see hunt for the wilder people i haven't oh my god it is the most charming wonderful huh. sweet i will have to check that out because i've loved the laced film i know basically you know got his way into the mcu uh to to basically throw in the phrase devil's anus Aww. Yeah, it's in, and well used, <laughs> but it was it was a lot of fun, and I need to quit playing with my pen because uh, there's a click 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 click. Oh I my know, God. great minds. Um, it was exactly the very silly, happy thing that's, that I wanted. Yeah, that's what I want. And, I'm probably going to go see it tomorrow. Yes, absolutely. And then our, our other favorite thing is when he does run into the Hulk. The Hulk's been the Hulk for a long time, and there's. 
there's these emotive moments with the Hulk that are so beautiful that I'm just going to leave it at that. It's just, it's just, it's, it's a happy, happy time. Um, and it was just a lot of fun and there's a lot of cameos and yeah. it's just, it's a good time. But the thing is, it's like they're taking over movies. They're, I mean, they they're are. taking over movies, now, they're taking over Netflix, they're, they're taking, taking over, over everything. Yeah, the Marvel Cinematic then, Universe is growing like a cancer. Yes, and then you see shit things come out, like, what was it, the Inhumans? Is that the one? I think that was a terrible one. The I terrible don't know, one? I don't try to keep up with them anymore. Yeah. And, I didn't even make it all the way through Jessica Jones. Yeah, Jessica Jones is hard. It, it is it hard. It's horrifying. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it is both fun, but it's this gluttonous beast that's taking over. It's ruining fandom, everybody. It ruining is. fandom. <laughs> now normal people like our stuff, too. <laughs> back to women directors. <laughs> Meanwhile, back Meanwhile. to women directors and women in horror films. Meanwhile, back in. Anyway. Have you um, seen The Countess? It is a film about Elizabeth Bathory. Mm. It's directed by and stars the actor Judy Delphi. I think I've thought about seeing this, but have not seen it. I watched it in a film class. Oh. I, I, there's a women in horror film class. That oh, yes. Scarecrow. Okay, yeah. So I watched it one night with them. It's very quiet and strange and weird. And it postulates that it was her political power that got her locked up and not her murdering of hundreds of girls. Could Why not both? Exactly, that she was unfairly, that she was driven insane because she was one of the wealthiest women. Yeah. And she, her husband died, and so she was a lone woman with a lot of power and wealth. Weird. And that a lot of the witch hunts and stuff that said she was killing hundreds of people were made up. Oh, yeah. So that they could lock her away oh, and yeah. suppress her power. For any reason. Yeah. 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 And so that it's kind of interesting. Um, there's more to the movie than that, mm-hmm. but that's kind of one of the thesis. Yeah. Uh, well, then that's enough. That sounds interesting and another thing I'd like to see. Yeah. Um, one that I was going to see if you talked about was, um, have you seen the movie Blood Diner? I have. Because I have not. And that is also in director Blood Jeffy, Diner's a Jeffy comedy. Kona. Yeah. It is a comedy parody of Blood Feast. So it's kind of like a remake of Blood Feast, except it's a comedy. Which I have also not seen, so there you go. Well, Blood Feast is just... what well, well, Blood Feast was the first gore film, so okay. there you go. It's, Which is why I haven't, because it's yeah, not my bag. not your bag, and it's... It's pretty fun. It's got some hilarious parts <laughs> in it, but basically, yeah, Blood Feast was like the first gore film by Herschel Gordon-Lewis. Blood Diner is a comedy remake of Blood mm-hmm. Feast, which I personally really love. Mm-hmm. And I know uh, the people who love it just absolutely adore it. I just, I'm not the a The character of Uncle Anwar, who was preparing Feast in Blood Feast, is still in it, but now he's just a brain in a jar with two eyeballs attached that look around and, um, and communicate psychically. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> and they can communicate psychically with his two nephews, who are now oh. going to have to, um, create the the new blood banquet to bring back the goddess. It's very silly. I, I I enjoy it a lot. It's silly, it's gory, it's kind of got a toxic Avenger type comedy vibe. Okay. Kind of fits in with those films. Um I discovered it by accident 
And I was so happy to have discovered it because it, it's a delight. Wonderful. Um, one that's less on the delightful end is um, Lee Janiak's uh, Honeymoon, which I... I did not see that. I fucking love that movie. I, I love movies where it's, it's such a, it's, it's a tight cast of characters. Because I think grand total... Uh, there's four people in the film. Maybe, uh-huh. maybe one or two more. It's than called that. the honeymoon. The it's it's just called honeymoon, and it's this couple who um, they go out to this cabin to celebrate their honeymoon, and the woman goes, who's played by you know nothing, Jon Snow. Always. Oh, okay, that that woman. And yeah. and um. I can't remember her name either, but she's wonderful. Yes, and I, I believe the male actor is also a Brit, um, and they both pull American accents for this, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but anyway, she goes out into the woods, and then I can't remember who finds her in the woods to bring her back, but she seems to change in, in a in a almost changeling kind of sense. Oh, um, that's and not good. Yes. But then as he's getting scared for how she's acting, he becomes almost threatening. And and at the same time, they keep showing like flashes of or even just film bits from their wedding that they just had or where they're talking to other uh-huh, people. So it cuts back to uh, their this flashbacks. really, really happy time to where they're both being around each other, both frightening, frightened by each other. And frightening each other. And it's just, it's very dark and claustrophobic and you don't know what's happening. And it just, it was a great story. And I loved, I loved experiencing it. Yeah. So that's what I I, I really enjoyed with that. Um, Have you got, have you seen The Muffy Cage? I have it's not. It's a 70s movie that stars <laughs> Carol Kane. Oh, well, I love her. Um, it's directed by a woman named Karen Arthur, who went on to direct a lot of television. I'm seeing a lot of female directors that'll do a couple horror movies and then mostly get back into television. So I'm not sure if that's because television is an easier place for women to get directing work. But I've noticed a lot, a huge preponderance of it. Yeah. Um. Well, jobs for them. A, a job's a job's a job. Good for them. They're getting yeah. work. But the Muffu Cage is Carol Kane is uh, they're two sisters. One of them is autistic. That's Carol Kane. She has a very close relationship with a gorilla. I don't yeah, that she's like psychically linked to. It's got a murders in the room morgue kind of Okay. Um it's really interesting. It's a really weird, interesting 70s horror film that I don't even know if it's out on DVD. I think mm-hmm. it might just be a VHS only, but it's definitely worth seeing if you get the chance. Yeah. Um, I'm always going to bring up um, American Psycho. Right. And, and I just watched another movie by um, Mary Heron called The Moth Diaries, which is a vampire movie. Oh, I didn't realize that was her. Yes. The other one I was going to bring up uh, that was also from her is... Not that I really enjoyed it, but I remember watching for it was I Shot Andy Warhol, which is another movie that had Lily Taylor in it, 
and I didn't love it, but it was such a unique movie coming out at the time yes. where you didn't see mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. Um, so Right, she like, plays Valerie Solanus. Yes. Yep. Yeah, so it was, you know, an interesting story. I, I remember being vaguely disappointed by it because it just wasn't really what I wanted, but it told an uncomfortable story and yeah. kind of a descent. Yeah. And, and she was a she was a troubled lady. Yeah. Um, and then there, you know, you have Pet Cemetery with Mary Lambert, um, which I have not seen since I saw it when it originally came out, and I remember it terrifying me. But on the it's other really hand, good. I but was it's, like eleven, right? And there's we, also I've rewatched it a bunch of times because of work. It's played pretty frequently. It's a staff favorite. They are remaking it. I am fairly certain. They don't need to remake it. I know. Stop no. that. They're going to. Anyhow. You guys stop doing that. Make some new movies. <laughs> They're not going to. Aw. Never. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, on I believe Shudder, uh, there is a documentary that was done about the making of Pet Cemetery that I haven't watched yet, but I really want to. About the making of the original? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, and I think I'm kind of good um, outside of um, not really a horror movie, but it is a documentary uh, for Jen's Documentary Corner. Ooh. <laughs> what new documentary um, have you seen? I have not watched uh, any Oh, Dolls and Murder, which is oh, an absolute Yes, I have, that, I have that book. I, I have the book, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's also, it's directed by Susan Marks. It is. And um, I actually bought, um, before, because... Uh, when she was trying, I, I believe, to raise the money for distribution. I I can't remember how I ran across it. Yeah. Um, but I remember, I remember, you know, sending the director money. And, uh-huh. then, and then she sent me the little cardboard sleeve yeah. that had the movie in it. And so yep. that is what I have. That's also how I got it. Yeah. And so, um, but I just absolutely loved it. And it it's is a great documentary. Um, and it's an important story. Yeah. I mean... To Would you like to day. explain what it's about? Uh, so, um, gosh, was it the 20s? I believe it was the 1920s. 20s, 20s uh, there was, and wasn't she, wasn't she just a young, was she a Jewish girl? I can't remember, but she came from a slightly affluent family. Uh, and she was amazingly she, smart. Just, just fucking brilliant. And she became a police officer. And she, yes, and, and basically started creating, um, absolute replicas in small scale tiny murder scenes. Right, they're called the nutshell studies and they are still used to this day to teach forensic medicine. And at the time um, of forensic science science, uh, there is only one person on staff who knows the correct answer to the puzzles. puzzles because they are very specifically used to teach how you think the process, and you right, and not and not to tell you whether or not you got it right, right. So, um, so there'll be like a kitchen with the oven door open and someone lying dead, and, and, and they can have witness statements. And there, are, yeah, there's witness statements, statements. with a few of them, um, and, and then plus you're just looking at the room, and she like knitted clothing on pins. Yeah, she used like safety, like straight pins to knit to make little sweaters. Yeah, for that will. And, the and they are bodies. horrible, horrible, horrible fucking stories. Yeah, they're not nice. They're not nice, clean little crime scenes. They're they're they're, they're murders very and they're very graphic, 
And it's amazing. It's and, really, and literally anything that you're going to find in the murder scene is captured somewhere in the nutshell. Uh-huh. Um, and, but it's just, it is the story of her life and her finding a way to do what she wanted to do and making these things that still captivate and teach and are amazing still today. Yeah. So that's just what she did um, basically helped train legions of, yeah, of forensic they are still in use. Yeah. So. Which just fascinates me. Yeah, I've always I've had that book for years and years. Yeah. And when the documentary came out I got super excited. Oh, you had the book before you saw the documentary? Oh, yeah. No, I got the yeah, I, got I got the, got the book, book years before then. the documentary. <laughs> and then somebody's like, Oh, they're making a documentary about that and I was like Take my money. Yeah, here's my money. I don't have that much, but you can have it. <laughs> so I am gonna I think I'm gonna cut things off. Okay. Um, and we will use the other pieces for for future episodes, where okay. we either talk about women characters then, or right. Um, if you don't mind terribly, no, um, just keep this a nice tight little episode. Yeah, because the other stuff that I have written down are it just says films of note, and it's movies that present a female viewpoint. Oh, or that, yeah. Oh, or like teeth. Heavenly Creatures, um, Ginger Snaps, Carrie, stuff like that that's about women. You know, um, films about women. there's a bunch of the Carrie remakes I that I am kind of interested in seeing because I know Angela Bettis, who is uh-huh. a, a director. She's directed, um, God, what was it called? Roman. She directed, because um, she was in American McGee's. Um, movie um, May and oh, then she cool. directed American McGee in Roman um, and but I haven't seen it so that's kind of why I didn't bring it up right. um, but she is in like Harry Ray the Rage mm-hmm. or something and I've heard their interesting takes in each of the sequels also um, I don't remember the woman's name but there is a woman who it was a woman who directed the most recent remake that they did with um, I can't remember her name okay the mom and the daughter were both fairly well known actors actresses okay but it was another woman director but um, I've been interested in in, because I've heard they do an interesting take okay I'm willing to watch them I I, I have nothing against them (laughs) Again, why do we have to remake everything? Why do there need to be pointless sequels? Because they do. So yeah, let's do a different podcast where we do maybe get Jillian or some other people and talk about films about women or that have like a woman's viewpoint. Yeah. Because right now we're just mostly talking about films directed by women. women. Yeah. And that's fine. Let's get them some more fucking jobs directing horror movies. Yeah. Or directing any movies. Absolutely. All right. Well, it was a pleasure. And uh, I will see you folks in two weeks. Don't Read the Latin can be found at don'treadthelatin.com, on Twitter at DRTL Podcast, on Tumblr, or at facebook.com slash don't read the Latin. Please rate us on iTunes and tell your friends and fiends about us. We're dying to meet them.